We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I just like the sound. Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. Uh, I think, uh, Mike, this might be the last episode we ever record because Alan has shit himself and it smells really bad. Yeah, my fault. It's all right. Let him rip, baby. Let him rip. A-double-L-E-N. Dude, I always fart when we record. Oh, really? So, like, I don't know if it's maybe because, you know, you're not comfortable in telling me that I smell like shit because we're in my my, my home dome. It's my home building. Well, I went to all guys high school, so I'm kind of numb to it at this point. Oh, man. That could be taken very out of context with, oh. the, with the numb to it, too. But you know what? Hey, that's a different show, different podcast. Alan, let's get right into it because we have a jam-packed show. Um, wild card weekend. Just give me your 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 overall thoughts. I got to be honest with you. Um, that scarf is hurting me on the inside only because my, my wallet is also hurting on the inside as well. I did not see it coming, but I grew up with Randy Moss jersey, Culpepper to Moss that was my thing besides, obviously, liking the Falcons. So I was overjoyed overjoyed to see the Vikings pull off an upset that I definitely did not see coming. I thought this game was going to be pretty lopsided. I think it's the one game I got totally wrong. But I think that's got to be the big takeaway, minus the Patriots, of course. But the Saints, just third straight year. Although I think this is the first time they could say they were thoroughly outplayed. I don't think anyone could really dispute that. Minnesota, with you know maybe better play calling in the fourth quarter, would have pulled away. But... Just, I don't know, Kevin Stefanski, a little skeptical uh, about his play calling, but for the most part, I thought New Orleans got thoroughly outplayed compared to you know what happened with the Rams 
last year and then two years ago with the Vikings, that crazy game. This one, I thought they kind of should have lost. So, But still, it's like three years in a row, and now it's New Orleans. Like, Is that window starting to close? You're going to have to look into that because like Bridgewater is going to get uh, some interest on the open market, and then who knows with Breeze. And it's just at this point, like, what more do Saints have to do? They won 13 games, and they still can get a buy. And what was crazy, I'll never forget, because, of course, being someone that covers the Falcons, a lot of people are saying, oh, the when the Saints lost to the Falcons, oh, ah, it's just one loss, doesn't mean anything. Well, when you miss out a buy, you have to play Dalvin Cook and Thielen, who had a phenomenal game. It does mean something. So, yeah, Saints, I don't know where they go from here. Dude, I, w- I want to mention one thing, because we did say that if they duplicated that Cowboys game. They, they which did. Which they did. They controlled time possession. And, and, and Cook got what? definitely got I, I haven't checked but i'm gonna check he now. had 28 carries he only got the only reason he was under 100 yards because they had those two major botch plays like there were at least two runs where he lost six yards i think if those plays don't happen he gets over 100 but he only, he was almost in derrick henry range well we were saying how the recipe for success for them was to definitely get over yeah 28 carries and he caught he had 31 touches yeah. like you get that dude 25 or more touches mm-hmm. you're in you're in good shape and what about that first half that adam Thielen had Awful game period. Oh, the that, fumble, yeah. Dude, the fumble. The Janoris Shank gets coming yeah, back. Yeah, oh my god, it was uh, it was very frustrating. I, how do you feel when a guy gets traded from your team and then they start the ball out? Well, if it's a disgruntled veteran, you I think you're more pissed off because like, oh, now you're motivated. If it's a young player, it just didn't fit. It's like, okay, but I would say if it's a veteran like Janoris Jenkins who you knew kind of dogged it, I'd be pretty annoyed. We were watching the conclusion to the bills texans game together oh god and then we watched <laughs> then we watched the the pats go down to the titans and then we took you know we took a, a car back and um dropped you off afterwards and we were kind of just shooting the shit in the car and you know i i do want to address the fact that new england lost we were both were on the titans um not a surprise to us because of the picks but to a lot of people they were surprised by it is the patriot run done are you are you in that camp that you think it's over for them? Not until the co- as long as the coaching's still there, I'm gonna believe in the Patriots. But this free agent is gonna be very fascinating because they have so many free agents, given the, just the structure of that roster. And because you look at it, it, doesn't really blow you away. So I, I want to believe in Belichick, but just there is not much there. Like when you watch when you watch the game, it's just like okay, who are their weapons? Who's getting after a quarterback? It's just nothing. It's just. There's not a lot of star power there, and given that Buffalo uh, is obviously up and coming, I think there is a concern. But I'm going to put my trust in Belichick for now, but this free agency is going to be very telling to see where the Patriots stand, not just the AFC, but AFC East in itself. Yo, I've watched that Deshaun Watson play, no lie, like 50 times. If Milano doesn't hit him, he probably goes down. Have you noticed that? I did. The first hit from the safety, mm-hmm. I was watching an NFL turning point, and they showed it like 12 times. Mike, did you happen to see that play? Yeah. Dude, the, the safety comes off the edge and hits him, mm-hmm. and like Watson is already stumbling. So like he's going like down, and then he gets hit, and it kind of knocks him upright. Yeah. I think that safety had a sack on the, on the same drive because they were blitzing a lot, Buffalo. That's what Sean McDermott's known for coming from the Ron Rivera uh, coach tree, but it's just... Yeah, they were. I think they had like six sacks on Watson, but it's just Watson. He makes those superhuman plays. Him and Russell Wilson have just have that knack for doing the impossible, and you have to give kudos to them. Even though I don't know, Houston, that game was just such a roller coaster. Just, 
I don't know whoever came out of that. I'm just like, all right, congrats, celebrate, but just like you can nah, to compete with the Chiefs, the Ravens, I just don't see it. But not to bust kill those fan bases, but I was just watching this game. Like this is the one game in the wild card round. I'm just like, there's no way these teams are playing the Super Bowl compared to other three matchups where there were clearly teams that could compete for a Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, as as limited as the Patriots are, you, it's like okay, you still have to keep in back of your mind. They might just grind this out, and then you look at the Saints, and then you look at Seattle. Like these teams, see, I could see Seattle, even though their roster is kind of limited, they could still make a run just because of Russ, the impact he's had. But I have a I have a what I think is a hell of a talking point between Russ and Watson. I'll wait till we get to the divisional round. Let's talk about some of these new coaching hires, in particular. Um, I mean, look, shit, fuck it. Let's just start with the Giants, right? They get Joe Judge. I had no idea who he was until a week ago. Me neither. When his name started to surface as a potential head coaching candidate. With that being said, um, did you happen to catch Larry David on the Michael K show this week? Oh, of course. Dude, he he said something which I thought was awesome because I've always felt that way. We're like, no one really knows anything. We don't. It's just we put together our scout reports. We assess what we've watched and we just have our takes. Larry David was on the Michael K show. It's a it's an afternoon radio show in New York City. And he said the story. I'm going to try to find the clip. Mike, if we could try to find that clip so we could tweet it. Well, I don't know if up. Mike, as a Jet fan, I don't know if you want to find it. Right, yeah. Mike, cover up your ears, man. Producer Mike in the background with the, with the earmuffs coming on. But he, Don LaGreca, the co-host of Michael K, said something along the lines of, you know, I don't know. I don't know much about evaluating quarterbacks like they do, or I don't know how to. And then Larry David's like, no, you you know as much as they do. They know nothing. Mm-hmm. And he said that he told Mike McCagnan, the then coach, uh, then general, general manager. manager of the Jets, to draft Lamar Jackson. And in the most condescending way, kind of brushed it off and then laughed at Larry David. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, Mike McCagnan, out of a job. But also, look, a lot of people were a little skeptical about Lamar Jackson. And, and for the record... It was like two people that said he should become a wide receiver. Yeah. Like in the public eye, yeah. right? It was Bill, Bill Pullian and, yeah. and Booger McFarlane. Yeah, right. Besides that, no one really said that. It was like he was going to be a project. And that was kind of the consensus. Like groom him for a couple of years and then go from there. But back to Joe Judge. I know nothing about him. I've started doing some research. I loved his press conference. It seems like he could be an alpha. Pat Shermer screamed C+. Plus like charisma he's offensive coordinator yeah yeah and which is not a bad thing right yeah. ben mcadoo shit show in itself he's not even in the league is he i would hope not like not even as like a qb coach or something they got him on island with like jason garrett adam gase who will hopefully be an island after this year <laughs> uh mike smith's retired i don't want to put mike smith on but yeah just certain coaches like never like jeff fisher just never again this guy or rex ryan keep him on espn like there's no team that can employ rex ryan Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator for the Patriots. Probably the best special teams in the league. Matthew Slater always held it down. Yeah, but even, you know, like, rarely do they get a return put on them. Rarely do, you know, they do have great success on kick returns. You know, Cordell Patterson used to be a thing and whatnot. And even, like, Edelman back there, Danny Amendola back in the day. They've always had guys that they could put out there. The knock on him is that he was the wide receiver coach and everyone's saying how the one unit that you wouldn't want to poach anyone from from New England would be the wide receivers. But I also think that's not fair because the roster wasn't that talented. No. That doesn't all fall on him. 
I think this make me feel better. No, I think the issue with the Giants is just that coaching search kind of ended rather quickly. Like Judge was just coaching on Saturday night, and then they gave him the job just so quickly. That kind of it's a little bit of a head scratcher. But then again, Dallas did the same thing, which I'm sure we'll get into. But I was a little disappointed they didn't give Eric Benemy more of a chance, or just teams in general. I think he's someone coming for the Andy Reid coaching tree. Just Andy Reid, when his guys go, they mostly have success, and he's very highly regarded across the league. And I'm not getting into Rooney rule or anything because I'm not totally knowledgeable of it, but I do think it's a bit of a concern. Just, you know, we don't have enough black coaches in the league. It's only, I think, three right now. We got Brian Flores. Lynn. Lynn. And Tomlin. Yeah. And right? I think so, yeah. So it's just, and the people are saying, oh, maybe, because like, look, you could say what you want about you know racial injustice or just a protest. Like I can't resonate with that being you know, being I'm white, but it's just like you have to take this into consideration. Like you, you have no idea how we can relate to these people in just terms of like the the setbacks or them being held back. So I feel for Eric Benjamin just because you saw guys like a Doug Peterson or I'm blanking on the other offense coordinator. Or oh, was it maybe Sean McVay? Someone else from Andy Greed's coaching tree within two Matt years. Nagy. Matt Nagy. There you go. Boom. Like these guys got. Two years offense coordinating jobs, or two years as offense coordinator, then got jobs, and I don't know. It's just to see him. And who knows? Maybe he could get the job in Cleveland. Cleveland's still out there, but uh, he's someone I really thought would get a job, and I just think he should have got more interview consideration. But you know, I just think the Giants maybe could have taken a little bit more time to assess their options. I'm not sure if they ever had interest in like a guy like Robert Sala or whoever. Maybe it just it seemed like it was kind of ended really quickly. That's which is kind of odd. It seems like they wanted McCarthy and Rule who Rule ends up going to Carolina, mm-hmm. and he cut a hell of a promo that Monday Night Raw fans would be proud of. And, you know, listen, $10 million a year for a coach, I think that's kind of steep. John Gruden approves. Right, yeah, yeah. Shout out to John Gruden. But, you know, he's a guy who's unproven coming from college. You know, he really cleaned up the Baylor program. They had their own issues and scandals that they had to worry about. And, you know, he goes to Carolina, and I think that's a pretty talented roster. Or no? They have talent. It's like just, at the skill position, yeah. I think that they have some good ball players. And I always like their defense. It's just I don't know. They've really underachieved this year, and you could say maybe it's because of just the quarterback play or just you know things fell apart. With some of the veterans. They do have an older roster, so I think that's that a is bit true too. It, it's yeah. weird because their skill guys are all like under twenty four. Right. But right. De- a lot of their best defensive players are kind of yeah on yeah. the downside of their careers. But I, you, I think it's a I think it's a fun hire. I just think that's a team that just needs a complete makeover. Now I'm still a believer in Cam Newton. I hope they keep Cam Newton. You know, time will tell. But I just think that franchise, you know, between you got Tepper there now because because people forget like the whole Jared Richardson situation. Mm-hmm. They had to bounce back from that. And I know Tepper's a big analytics guy, so you know, it's, it's funny you, you hear him and then you hear about Dave Gettleman uh, talk about software guys. <laughs> but I'm I'm excited about Matt Rule. I think he's someone uh, you saw from his press conference brings a lot of energy. I'm just curious about what he does with Cam. I just think they need to figure that out quickly because that will set the stage for what they want to do in the offseason. Because I think they have a top 10 pick, so it's a big offseason. Because right now, a lot of the teams at NFC South, they're either improving or they're really under pressure. Like I think Tampa Bay is on the rise, and while you have New Orleans, Atlanta, they're under a lot of pressure right now. So Carolina, they're somehow in that mix. They just got to figure out their identity. Can you make the argument that your team, the Falcons, has the most stable quarterback right now? Or you think you'd still go with Breeze? Breeze did not look good on Sunday. He didn't, man. That fumble is really careless. Yeah. And that, that, that pick, that interception to Anthony Harris, like, I don't know what, Ted Ginn downfield and double coverage. But I thought Breeze had a really strong start. So I want to put that one game on him. So, I mean, yeah, we were singing his praises last week. Yeah. So, like so no, I'll, I'll still put Breeze. Ryan didn't have that great of a year. So, no, I'll still right. say with Breeze. All right. 
and then obviously Mike McCarthy going to the Dallas Cowboys. We kind of touched on Ron Rivera last week. Yeah, we like to fish. Just I have no idea what to make of the Washington Redskins organization. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna have to. They're gonna have to that, give them time. That's a two three kind of the Giants. It's gonna be a two three year process. Yeah, though you know what, man. You know, anytime I talk about the Giants, people think I'm a homer, but I do think that's one of the few teams that I think if if they can do the right thing in free agency, like go all defensive, like I want them to do yeah, and on the draft defense. Yeah, dude, yo, get was it. What team this year had like seven new starters on defense? Was it? Oh, fuck! What was the team, man? There was a team that had a complete makeover on defense, um, or their roster. Just oh, it was the Cleveland Browns. Oh. Not on defense, but like in 2018, compared to their 2019 season, they had like 23 new names on the 53. Yeah. So like that's the kind of thing that the Giants need to do. And I'd be happy we're bringing everyone back on offense. Hopefully, they can stay healthy. My Nate Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Spend some money on a left tackle or draft one. Yeah. And then just all defense like the Packers did. I know. I just don't trust the general manager. So Yeah, don't worry. I don't either. <laughs> uh, McCarthy goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Thoughts? I, I, I kind of like it. I like the fit, but I'm not Mike McCarthy, guys. So I don't know how to fall it. But I do think I can understand why Dallas made the move. I just think Mike McCarthy has a lot to prove. He really fell apart in Green Bay. I think his just scheme got kind of exposed. He's just he just got lazy that's a lot of reports came out in green bay for a coach of his stature to get fired during the season is a very bad looking just a relationship between him and rogers kind of fell apart i know rogers is a bit arrogant he's a bit tough to work with but when you're a coach and you work with a caliber like a quarterback of caliber rogers you gotta make it work so i think mccarthy hopefully did some soul searching and just now is ready to acclimate himself to sleep because i really thought his system got really exposed and like you saw even those past what three years of Rogers? Rogers had to make a lot of plays on his mm-hmm. own. So, and Dak, you know, he's talented. He's not necessarily a quarterback to make the craziest out of structure throws. Like he can get rattled. So, uh, I'm I'm excited about the fit because it's like a high profile guy with a high profile team. That's this team's clearly ready to contend. It's just I'm not that big of a Mike McCarthy guy. Yo, you know what I just realized, and maybe you've already connected the dots. All four teams have new coaches in that division. Wait, what do you mean, Rivera? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, Doug Peterson. Never mind. All right. Scratch the last five seconds of that conversation. Caroline went to NFC East, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Shit, that might have been good right now but with Philly. So, oh, you know what? Let's just t- touch on that real quick. Uh, the Carson Wentz stuff, man. Did you feel bad for him? Oh, absolutely. And anyone that says he's injury prone because that should be a shame of themselves. I saw people tweeting, oh, Carson Wentz, you can't trust him. How are you going to put that injury on him? He took a – I thought it was a dirty hit. I, I – I can understand in that moment why, but it's still a dirty hit to me. I, I think it was an unnecessary hit. Like, he didn't need to. Yeah. You know, like the guy, Carson Wentz already leaped, and then Jadavion Clowney hit him from behind. And like, yo, you're right. It's a head injury. Yeah. You know, a guy that's injury prone is Will Fuller. That is the definition of injury prone. That's a hamstring-ish. Like, this yeah, is, hamstring, you get, this quads. Concussed. Yeah, yo, you get a concussion, that's just like how it is. You yeah, know, it just happens. It was on the first drive. Like, Yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt bad for that dude, man, because I'm a big uh, Carson Wentz truther, without a doubt. But I could see why Dallas made this move. I know they weren't gonna go the college route, so which ruled out Matt Rule. Other than that, it's like I know they interviewed Marvin Lewis, but no one, Marvin Lewis wasn't gonna go there. They were just gonna get the most high-profile guy that has experience. I think uh, Mike McCarthy 
two to three Dallas playoff losses came against Green Bay. So I yep. guess Jerry connected the dots, even though one of those losses came when Aaron Rodgers was just doing some superhuman. You know, of course, the throw to Jared Cook. So I don't know what to make of Mike McCarthy. Some people say he's just upgraded. He's just a better version of Jason Garrett, which I think it's a little harsh, but nobody could deny those last few years in Green Bay were brutal. So he has a lot to prove. He definitely has a lot to prove, but I, I do like that he's like an adult, right? Like he's should be able to clean up some of the nonsense with them. And it, it's it, it's going to be an upgrade for Jason Garrett. And if he could just be a one-game improvement, I think that makes the world a difference for a team like that. I also like that they kept Kellen Moore. At least get some continuity. Right. Yeah. Although bring back Mike Nolan is very interesting. He used to be the Falcons' decoy. And this guy's been out of the league for a bit. So that was a little bit of a curious move. Although you know, I feel like Rob Marinelli has been there for like eight years. Like you, remember, you remember Rob Marinelli? It's like this old defensive line coach. Now he's a decoy there. But yeah, they got rid of him. So I don't know. I guess Dallas is ready to go. But... Who knows with Mike McCarthy? Time will tell, man. And I think uh, both you and I and even Mike in the background were, were excited for – a part of me is excited for this football season to end because then we get the draft, free agency – well, free agency, the draft, especially for our struggling teams. Uh, this is a pre-recorded um, segment right now. My girl Minty Betts from Wager Talk is going to come on to talk about the divisional round of the playoffs just – from a betting perspective, pure betting perspective. Um, hope you guys enjoy this one. And then after that, we'll come back and Alan and I will give our thoughts on the divisional round of the playoffs. All right, guys, joining me now on the phone, the new girl from Wager Talk. As I have her Twitter bio up right now, Minty Betts. Minty, thank you for joining the show. Uh, welcome. Welcome to Veterans Minimum. And thank say hello you. to the crowd. Hi, everyone. Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to join your show today. Yes, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm always, always down to just talk sports betting with anyone. Uh, it's kind of my thing as it is yours. And the NFL playoffs are underway. We're down with the wild card. Moving on to the best weekend in professional football. Um, what are your overall thoughts on the playoffs so far? How was wild card weekend? Was it kind to you? I'm not going to bring up your favorite team yet, which I know. <laughs> but I'll let I know you... it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell the people what I'm talking about. Yes, so my New Orleans Saints did not advance, but you know what? I saw it coming all season long. I was telling myself and telling my friends that the New Orleans Saints are not going to the Super Bowl because I feel like they always find a way to lose. They always let uh, their opponents through and just put some points on the board when they shouldn't need to. So, yeah, it was not kind of me to my heart, but I did pretty well as I was on the Seahawks, the Titans, and uh, the Bills under as well as the Bills plus three. So I pushed that one. Um, I had a great weekend overall, but that was heartbreaking to see the Saints lose the way they did. Oh, man. So just to uh, give you a little rundown, in the preseason, I was very uh, – and I'm still all in on the Chiefs, right? Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're – I'm not – I'm doubling down, I should say, on the Chiefs. I said in the preseason, they were my AFC pick. Uh, I believe I also picked them for the Super Bowl as well. And then in the NFC, I had such a power struggle between the Eagles and the Saints coming into the year. And um, which was funny because in the 
in in maybe July or August, I was on the Saints not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then just because and, and tell me if you felt this way as a Saints fan, do you think it was hard for them to have to rebound a third time? You know, the, the Minnesota miracle, they lose the way they did. I can't imagine. You know, I'm a Giants fan, so I got to witness the Deshaun Jackson punt, which still haunts me. But then the year after they won the Super Bowl. So it doesn't hurt in <laughs> that much. But, you know, it's it's always shown on the highlight reel yeah. and whatnot. And then, yes. you know, last year, the no call, the P.I., which has completely changed the game of football with that being challenged now. So was that something as a Saints fan that you were maybe worried about if they would get up for this year? I was. And I feel like this they're in a situation of like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They're always kind of in the wild card, the playoffs, but never in the Super Bowl. And that's how I feel about them right now. I was worried, and I think they were going in a little bit too cocky, thinking that, oh, for sure, we're playing in the Dome, like, we're for sure going to win. I think they kind of let their guard down, and they they could have made one more play. They could have, you know, done one more thing better, and it's just like, I saw it coming, yet I stupidly still took the Saints in a teaser, and I I just let my heart um, get the best of me in that bet last week. No, I think definitely teasing it down was, I think, what everyone in the world did. Just yeah, because it was like an obvious tease. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It just made so much sense. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of teasers just because the name of it itself uh, lets you know how dangerous they could be. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, the, the Saints get knocked out. And also at the at the start of the playoffs, right, when they, you know, it was the 12 teams, it was Friday night, you know, over in FanDuel in New Jersey. Um oh you know legalized sports betting and again uh i doubled down you know one ticket wasn't enough i i bet the chiefs to play the saints in the super bowl and then i played i played the correct result which was uh 21 uh 21 to 1 odds on the saints to beat the chiefs in the super bowl and then 28 to 1 on the chiefs to beat the saints so yeah it was rough on the pockets Thank God it was oh. the holidays and we got to make some extra money from the family or else we would have been in trouble. Oh, my gosh. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. You know what? Every time someone tells me that they bet the Saints uh, to make it to the Super Bowl, I just – they lose every time. So, I'm like, stop telling me this before the season starts. <laughs> all right. I'll keep it in mind for next time. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, let's let's dive into the games this weekend. Um, okay. just a Just a general thought for me. I feel like this is an all-favorites weekend. Yeah, I agree. Like, I know some people love to take the dogs and every, you know, underdogs have been doing really well this season, especially like road dogs, at least covering the spread. Um, but I, I do like the favorites, except for like, well, like two games, so I guess half the games. Um, but I can see why people love the favorites this week, because they're good. Yeah, and also, it, it's something that I remember last year, the... It was an all-dog weekend in the wild card for the most part. And then the next weekend, I think all the favorites covered. And I know year to year, I'm I'm not a fan. uh, As someone that's in sports betting, how much do you look into year-to-year trends? Because I do think sometimes they could be misleading. Yeah, I don't really look at year to year trends because so many things change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coaching, uh, staff, uh, players, of course. So looking at year to year kind of doesn't do much for me. I like to look at the current season and how their numbers compare um, against this team or this certain player. Um, so that's kind of what I look at when I go into when I'm trying to make my bets. 
No, and I agree with you because you, you see some of these things where it's like, um, you know, like uh, Andrew Luck, when he was playing with the Colts, he right. was undefeated against the Titans, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you look at that year to year and you're like, well, you know, so much has changed, right? Like, I understand Andrew Luck was great at what he was doing, but the Titans have had a new quarterback and new coaching staff and whatnot. So year to right. year, I take him with a grain of salt is basically what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. So, all right, the the first game, we got the we got the Niners. They're a seven point dog at the moment. Sorry, they're a seven point favorite at the moment. Um, let me just tell you the lines. The lines that I use are FanDuel just because they're close to home for me. So, but consensus seems to be seven. Um, right. How are you feeling about this game? So I love the Niners, and of course, my heart hates the Vikings. I shouldn't say hate. I, I really dislike them, and I want them to lose in the most embarrassing way but I feel safer taking the points with the Vikings than I do laying the seven with the Niners they they looked amazing last week like Thielen and and Cooks and Diggs they all made very impactful plays and I think they're kind of an even matchup for the Niners here so what are your thoughts it feels like you're you're opposite of me <laughs> So this is going to go into one of those things that I just mentioned about the, the, the misleading stats and trends. But yeah, have you heard about this thing with, with Kirk Cousins and the starts to games? Uh, I don't know. Wait, mention it and then let me see if it. <clears throat> so apparently Kirk Cousins, a report came out a couple of years ago when he first got traded to not traded when he first signed with the Vikings about how, right. you know, his record is very it's um. It, it, it's been put out there so many times how like he's never won a Monday night football game. And in prime right. time, I think he has one win in prime time. And one of the things that they mention is he's such a creature of habit where when he plays on Sundays at one o'clock Eastern time, he knows his routine is set in stone. And like I said, he's a creature of habit and he covers 68% of his games in that window of 1 PM Eastern time on Sundays. Now, again, one of those things that don't make any sense, but when he plays any other time zone, 32%. So And now it's a it's a it's a 4:35 Eastern time start mm-hmm. on a Saturday. Right. They okay. also played a game into overtime. I know they got the ball first and whatnot, but that was like an emotional game going up against the Saints. And, you know, you saw the I love the reaction of his teammates when he says that you like that. And you could just tell they were super, super pumped and super animated for him to win that game. Because, look, for as much as the athletes say that they don't listen to the media, they do because they do. They hear it. Yeah, of course. Like, how else would they know that they were an underdog, you know, or how else would they know that no one picked against everyone picked against us kind of thing? So, yes, Yes. um, it's funny you bring that up because I just watched this movie called Uncut Gems last night. Have you seen it with Adam Sandler? I haven't. And everyone tells me about it because they know me as like a betting fan. And they're like, it's 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 unbelievable that you haven't watched it yet. If you're a sports better, you should, I guess, watch it. It stressed me out the entire time. I didn't like the movie because I don't like stressful movies. 
Um, but that's uh, funny because, oh gosh, Kim Garnett was on there and, you know, he was talking to Adam Sandler, who's like a jeweler and he was saying whatever underdog, like you're going to freaking win this game. This stone is such good luck. You're going to like blow this money line out the water and whatever. And he bet like all these props on, on KG and, and parlayed it and everything. And, uh, what you said there just reminded me of that, that players don't, don't look at that stuff, but they do hear that stuff and they do listen and, um. Who knows? But I have heard that thing that uh, Kirk Cousin is horrible in primetime games. So uh, I always bet against him when he's in primetime games. But I don't know. Like, they looked so good, and they're coming off this high from winning against the Saints. I like the Vikings, and I think they might have the best chance out of all these dogs to upset the Niners, uh, to upset the favorite here. But I don't, I don't expect that, but I'm saying that the chances are the best for the Vikings, in my opinion. Yeah, this is this is the one that I think uh, I'm the most torn on. Um, and I hate doing this because it's either they're going to cover the seven or they're not, right? But yeah. it could it could legitimately go either way. You know, San Fran is getting a couple of guys back, which is going to be great for them. But you yeah. know, it's it's a young team that I mean, one of my preseason bets was the Niners to win their division. I got them at seven to one. Oh, nice. And. And but I do have some flashbacks to remember that Rams team a few years ago when they came out of nowhere the first McVay year and yes. they they won the division and then Atlanta went in there and that was one of my favorite bets I think I've ever made I took the Falcons on the money line and and my my reasoning behind that was just I think there's something to be said about the experience of certain teams right, right and. Right. You know, San Fran, like, sure, they have some guys that have played in big games and whatnot, but I think this is a young team that it, it, the lights might be a little too bright for them. Yeah, they are inexperienced. It is Jimmy G's first postseason start. Um, so, yeah, that does make me nervous, but I don't know. I just like them. They're playing at home. I mean, they got a lot of rest, and uh, Jimmy G, I, I like him. He's... Uh, I don't know. I I haven't bet any of these games yet, by the way, um, but I am just really debating on all of these. I just keep leaning the Vikings for some reason. All right, all right. I, I I'm not in. I'm I'm not disagreeing with that one. I'm with you there. How about the total? Where are you in the total? Because I kind of like the over. Uh, I think it's at like forty four and a half right now. Yeah, forty four. Yeah, forty four and a half. Ah. Uh, so it's like both teams want to run the ball and both yep. teams are pre I mean, Minnesota's defense was in question all year. And then what they did against your saints, sorry, um, was, was really impressive. So I've already my tears. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think I would lean to the under as well. I kind of like all these games under also, which is scaring me too. Um, really? yeah, I mean, We'll get to one in a little bit that I think has shootout potential, but yeah, I would I would probably lean to the the, the Vikings and the under here. Interesting. I like the Vikings and over, so ugh, we'll see. All right, let's move on to this next game, and um, I'm not I'm not someone to tell people what to wager and how much to wager, right. but I think this is the lock of the weekend, and. In Okay, which I bet you are going with the Titans. Oh no, I am not. I am going with Baltimore. Really? I'm going with Baltimore oh, uh, minus nine and a half. Uh -huh. uh, it has all the makings. As I, I'm, a, I'm also a very big daily fantasy player, so uh -huh. I've seen it 
week in, week out, year in, year out, where somebody has a gigantic game and everyone is hyping him up the whole week and then 23 carries for 43 yards for Derrick Henry. It just has that making <laughs> to me where Baltimore knows what they need to do, right? It was such a great matchup for Tennessee last week where everything Tennessee did well or did bad, New England couldn't stop or figure out, right? So what I mean by that is Tennessee loves to run the ball and New England couldn't stop the run. Even yes. that game that one time against the Browns where everyone makes fun of the Browns, Nick Chubb was yeah. breaking like 30, 40 yard runs, fumbling at the end of them. But it was still, you know, you're watching that and you're saying to yourself, they could be had on the ground. And the way you want to attack the Titans is through the air because their secondary is banged up. Yeah. But New England doesn't really have the weapons to do so. So that's why I was so comfortable with the Titans last week. And I kept telling people like, Give me a reason why New England was going to win other than, well, it's the Patriots. Because yeah, it's, I, it's in Foxborough. Yes. Yeah, I, and that, that's something else that I want to bring up about how I mentioned before about trends year to year. Like so much changes. Like, yeah, in the past we could say New England turns it on when they want to because they would have Gronk. And they specifically would say that we're resting him for big games. And, and Gronk towards the tail end, they would unleash him for like – three, four quarters a regular season when they play a team that was up to par with them. So I got a little sidetracked with New England. But with Tennessee, I, I just it just feels like a, a a spot where Baltimore, they're coming off a bye, very well-coached team, very well-run organization. I, I just think that it's going to be uh, – this has blowout potential for me. I 1,000% agree with you. I think it's going to be a blowout. I feel comfortable laying the 9.5 with the Ravens, maybe even up to 10. Um, I feel like I should have taken it at 9 yesterday, but I didn't jump on it because, I don't know, I was still ping-ponging it around in my head. I think it might be a little bit of an overreaction with the Titans if you decide to, to bet on them this week um, because although the Titans are great, Derrick Henry is a beast. Ryan Tannehill didn't do anything last week. I mean, he threw for 72 yards, completed 8 of 15 passes. Um, the Ravens have been known to, to outscore their opponents by double digits and their defense uh, they're allowing, I'm sorry, they're, they've held their opponents to the third fewest rushing yards in the league, second fewest first downs, and the third fewest points allowed. So I really, really like the Ravens. Although I have to mention that Lamar Jackson is, um, I think he has the flu or something, so he might not be his, you know, might not be his A game, but still the team is like a beast. I, I trust the Ravens here. Oh, uh, she dropped the the inside source on the flu. <laughs> oh. The flu, you know, the flu is debilitating. Especially, I feel like, like not to be like sexist or anything, but I feel like boys get affected by the flu a lot harder than than women do. I don't know, just from my past experience and seeing men with the flu than women with the flu. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm gonna agree with you because I got the flu one time after um, <laughs> after one night of going out and. Uh -huh. We had to reschedule everything we were doing for the show. I was like, guys, I can't record. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. So I was under the weather. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to mention one thing. And I don't know I don't know if you're into first half betting, but uh -huh. Sometimes. I like the Titans in the first half, and here's why. Mm -hmm. The Ravens haven't played a meaningful game in like three weeks, uh, especially okay. the key players. Mm -hmm. True. And you see it all the time where – a team might come out off the bye and 
you know, a couple of three and outs for Lamar, wide receivers and the quarterback not being in sync. Uh, you, you, you just, you've seen it time and time. So yeah. may, maybe Tennessee plus four and a half in the first half. And then, you know, it's like a, maybe it's like a, a, a 14, 10 game, 17, 14 ish game. And then Baltimore in the second half is like, all right, listen, we're the one yeah. seed. We're the favorite. Let's put, put our foot on their throats kind of thing. Right. After halftime, they're just, they just go full throttle. Yeah. I can see that. Not uh, sometimes I'm into first half betting, but I I might like to play first half totals than first half sides. Mm-hmm. Always... Yeah, but I also like the over in this game. Uh, like I said, the Ravens we've known them to outscore their opponents by double digits. I don't doubt they're gonna put some points on the board. I really like the over, and it's only set at forty six and a half, forty seven. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's too high of a number. And I do also want to mention that I've I've been tweeting out the last couple of weeks that the titans were going to the afc title game but i've kind of backtracked off that statement because the one thing i really like about the ravens last thing i'll say about this game is i'm sure you've heard it and i say it all the time good teams win great teams cover and they just beat the piss out of people like they they don't they don't leave in your mind that you know what I could have went either way, right? Like, obviously, the San Francisco game, arguably one of the games of the year. That was a field goal game. But besides that, it's like they're covering all these games. They're blowing out teams. They blow out the Jets. And I know it's the Jets, but it's like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, right? So that's one thing that I love about what the Ravens have been doing. Yeah, they have no mercy. So, yeah, that's why I feel comfortable backing the Ravens this week as well. Two games left. Uh, the Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite against the Texans. This is another game where I want to say all in on the Chiefs. And the only reason why I'm hesitant is Deshaun Watson puts fear in my heart when I bet against them. Oh my gosh. Yes. Him and Bill O'Brien. I just like, this game is a toss up. I actually have no opinion on this one because I love the Chiefs so much. And I think their offense is, is nice and complete and their defense is stepping it up, but the Texans, man, I like them personally, but I don't know. I don't know which way to go with this one. Nine, nine and a half is a lot of points. I I always like taking a quarterback of Deshaun Watson's caliber when I'm getting close to ten points like that, just because he's a guy who the gunslinger mentality. He rarely gets blown out in his career. I think prior to this season, he had never lost a game in the nfl by more than eight points so it's like this guy's always going to keep it close you can never count him out you saw what he did in the overtime game this dude i know my my one friend because you know you can get a little aggressive when you've made daily fantasy lineups and you have deshaun watson or you've bet on the texans and it's a it's a it's a deficit at halftime that they were facing and he dropped every four-letter word in uh, in regards to Deshaun Watson. And then you see what he does in the second half. And then in overtime, you're like, well, that's why if the game is close, a guy like that could literally steal the game for you. And that's what he did against Buffalo. So j- just a side note, are there players in the league that put fear in your heart when you're betting against them, like a quarterback or a player? Is there anyone that jumps to mind? So, yes. If I'm betting against them, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers scare me. They are like great at getting out of trouble and if you are a Seahawks or Packers backer I feel like with whatever 10 seconds left in the quarter and you're down by touchdown you give them the ball and they they will make miracles happen like those are some quarterbacks that I'm scared of backing and kind of Deshaun Watson too 
Um, so that's also why I don't want to bet this game. <laughs> so uh, I would I would say, oh man, I I have I have no play either. I'm kind of with you on this one. If I had to, you know, even Kansas City, they've been such a juggernaut at home. Like that's what we've known them as. But like this year, they haven't. They've they've lost, uh, I believe, three games at Arrowhead. Uh, we know about Andy Reid off a of bye. That's well documented too. But I would probably lean towards the Chiefs. But as you can hear in the tone of my voice, it's not something that I'm like overly confident <laughs> in. Yeah, I don't hear much confidence yeah. in that one. And the was set pretty high too. They are expecting like a shootout. Yeah, yeah. And it is a rematch from the regular season. Um, I, I, Houston, right? Yeah, Houston won in Kansas City. It was... Ooh. It was a weird game, though. Like, Sammy Watkins didn't play. Chris Jones got hurt. That was the first Tyree Kill game back. Um, you know, but Houston also played well, too. I remember Will Fuller dropped a couple of touchdowns also in that game. But All right. All right. All right. You, well, wow, this is – I don't know if you set this up on purpose, but our last game has the, <laughs> the two quarterbacks that put fear in your heart when you're betting against yes. them. Yes. So, you know what would be funny before we start this is actually I was I don't know why I was thinking the Packers and the uh, Chiefs were playing against each other, which would be funny because I don't know if you've seen those State Farm commercials with Patrick Mahomes and um, Aaron Rodgers, but it would be funny if you know they were playing together in the Super Bowl or whichever game. Um, I think those commercials are hilarious. So if you haven't seen it, look it up. State Farm, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Oh, you're getting me interested in this uh, maybe potential matchup. Michael put these Super Bowl props in there for Packers Chiefs, oh the State Farm Bowl. The State Farm Bowl, yeah, that would be perfect. So we got we got the Seahawks. Um, what I see in front of me, FanDuel has it as a four point underdog for the Seahawks. Is is that what you have it at? Uh, yes, four point. I heard it. Actually, let me check real quick. Yeah, four points is what I have exactly. So I'm at four and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I see over here. Um, bet three sixty five in New Jersey. Uh, points bet also four and a half. But yeah, they're playing the Packers. Packers coming off a bye. Most underwhelming bye week team ever, or or what? Because I can't believe that they got a bye watching them this year. I know they're I don't deny they're a good team but they're not that great of a team and I hope people don't hate me for this but I don't think they deserve to be in the Super Bowl this year like I love Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback Aaron Jones is awesome and Alan Lazard has had something to prove he's pretty cool too I I don't know and their defense was pretty good too but they just don't there's no spark there, I think, with them and the Super Bowl. So I, I really don't like them in this game. I would back the Seahawks, actually. Yeah, you know, I feel like the Texans and the Seahawks are the same kind of team in the sense where I the only hope I'm giving them in winning is because of their quarterback. Uh-huh. Russell Wilson is another guy that I hate betting against. Like, if I have a ticket going up against Russell Wilson, it kind of puts fear in my heart also. But... Uh-huh. I don't know what to make of this Packers team. You know, I, I've seen them jump out to huge leads against like the Vikings and the Cowboys, and then they kind of do nothing afterwards. So, yeah. and and offensively, I know Aaron Jones has scored, I think it was like 14, 14 plus touchdowns this year. And he became like, this was his breakout year. And we know about Devontae Adams, but I mean, you mentioned Alan Lazard. He's come along towards, you know, the second half of the year, but I still think that it's a two man show there. And, Aaron Rodgers, like maybe he's he's saving it for the playoffs, but I feel like some of his 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 magic has worn off this year. Do 
juice is gone. Yeah, I totally agree. He's aging. So it, it happens. And, uh, yeah, I, I really don't like the Packers in this spot. I think maybe the Seahawks also have a chance of upsetting. They've been so great on the road, as we've seen. They mm-hmm. used to be, like, very dominant team at home. But this year they've been amazing, covering 6-3-1 and one against the spread on the road and 8-2 and two against the spread as a dog. So I know their um, team is just riddled with injuries, but I think Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Marshawn Lynch, they're a good trio, and who knows? They, they, might, they might do it in Lambeau. Yeah, this is the one where either, either result wouldn't surprise me. Um, right? Again, one of those like cliche answers, but I mean, you look at the point <laughs> spread this weekend, it's the closest one. So yeah. the books are telling you that it could go either way if you look at it from that perspective. Um, mm-hmm. As a football fan, I want to see Seattle-San Fran round three just because those games were so wild this year. So fun. I loved watching both of them play. And, and I, I just think that the way it shaped out with Miami beating the Patriots on that last week of the regular season, it's like let's see Lamar versus Mahomes. The oh. The heir parents in the AFC, the way it's set up, you know, and even Watson too, like he's going to be in that discussion. It's it's that new era of quarterback, and that's what I want. So the football fan of me betting aside and spreads aside, those are the the teams that I want to advance. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I agree. I love the young quarterbacks, Mahomes, Watson, Jackson. They're, they're great quarterbacks, and I would love to see them in the Super Bowl. It is such a toss up. I actually have money on. The San Francisco 49ers making the Super Bowl. And I placed that bet like several weeks ago. So I'm still confident in that. Um, we shall see. It would be awesome to see Jimmy G up there. So Yeah, that'd be, you know, that'd be uh, that'd be perfect if you're an anti-Patriots person. Because yeah. you know the Patriots fans are going to be miserable if they see that. Yeah. Especially with how their season ended and how, you know, you know Brady... God bless the guy. He's one, you know, he's the man. He's the truth. Uh, he's but, a great quarterback, yes. Yeah, you know, he's the GOAT. But the way his season ended and, you know, he's 42, going to be 43 next year. And then you see Jimmy G. And that same oh. season, like, sports are so crazy, man. They just, like, it'd be poetic justice where the year that the Patriots empire, quote, unquote, dies, the uh-huh. guy that was supposed to be the heir apparent goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm pulling for you. I'm pulling for you. My my dad has no ties to San Francisco. Never been there. Uh, he's super like off the boat Greek, but he just always loved the Niners. Um, so he picked them in the beginning of the year. He was like, I like as a as like a long shot. He looked at the odds and he was like, I think San Francisco can make noise. But I took it as I mean, you know, it's one of the few teams that you really know. You just have a you have a soft spot for them. But hey, he apparently knows better than I do. So yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, I want to I want to wrap up with this. Um, what is what is your favorite play of the weekend? It could be a side, it could be a total, a prop, even if you want to get wild. What are you What are you looking at? <laughs> um, I like the Ravens over forty seven, and I also really like the Seahawks. And honestly, I think all these games. I know we mentioned earlier that we don't like teasers. All these games have the potential for teasers and mm. would do well in teasers, I think. But maybe, you know, the books just set the line like that and they want that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I do I do think that the Baltimore and and, and Chiefs game, uh, they they kinda accounted for teasers there. Cause I, I do think that it should be closer to eight point favorites for both of them. 
So, and then you tease it down to two, essentially a field goal where now it's like, you know, you tease it down to about three and a half and that can make you a a, a little hesitant, but, uh, Minty, like I I mentioned beforehand, um, I'm kind of all over the place when I do interviews or do have conversations. I kept you a little bit longer than I said I was, but you're awesome. I appreciate your insight and the back and forth. Uh, the floor is yours. Tell everybody that's listening what you do, where they can find you, where they could follow you. Right. So I am a sports better and I like to consider myself a sports betting social media personality. Uh, I got started on Twitter and you guys can find me on Twitter at Minty Bets. You can also follow me on Instagram if you like uh, Minty Bets. It's just personal pictures of my dogs and my and my travels. Um, and absolutely follow me on the Wager Talk Instagram because I post random videos on there. So it's at Wager Talk on Instagram. Did this shit my whole life. Did this shit my whole life. Did this shit my Guys, I've recorded and... Well, I said that Matt Foran, right? Recorded um, a pre-stashed, pre-release episode with Minty, a little podcast and show. We talk about living in Vegas, growing up in Vegas, a lot of fun stuff. I genuinely enjoyed that conversation. Um, working at high-end casinos and the nightlife out in Vegas, how she got into sports betting and whatnot. It's already up on the Patreon. We've reformatted the Patreon for $1 a month the legends tier because we're all legends in the grand scheme of things you guys can get in there and you get all the pre-released episodes that episode is going to be out for the masses on january 27th but if you guys want to check it out one dollar patreon.com slash veterans minimum thank you for the support to everyone that has been involved i do want to mention one thing just for this episode in particular a new feature we're calling this one Roll Credits. It's usually going to be at, be at the end of the episodes, but just for this one right here, just as a uh, a pause from the conversations and whatnot, I want to give a shout-out to everyone that is in the Franchise Tag tier and in the Supermax tier, the $20 patrons and the $40 patrons, Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, KJH, my girl Corey Johnson Hoops, Bo Clore, Ryan Pisner. I apologize for Bill's Mafia. Uh, don't worry, you guys are building something fantastic over there. By the way, you know you look like Josh Allen. Has anyone ever told you that? Yeah, Johnny? I would say Johnny wow. Menzel. A lot more Johnny Menzel. Like I was saying Sean McDermott looks like Bill Burr, and then Bill Burr on his podcast, somebody said, all right, people, I get it. You don't need to tweet me 200 times. <laughs> Dude, there's a, Josh Allen is walking off the field, and he's wearing a hat. I swear to God, I'm like, yo, that's Mike. It was crazy. I got to find that clip because it's, it's one of those when, like, the game had ended and he's all, like, destroyed and whatnot. But, uh, you know, like you as a Jeff fan and whatnot, you know, kind of give those digs. Yeah, you must have read that. When Johnny Manziel was at his peak, you must have just walked around like, yeah, I'm Johnny Manziel. Uh, every day, like every day. <laughs> Yo, my friend, uh, my friend Mustafa looks just like Colin Kaepernick when he wears a hat. Wow. Exactly like him. It was crazy. I was like, yeah. dude, if we just give you a jersey for Halloween, you could pass as him. It's crazy. Does he have like a big afro now? No, he just like when he he like the beard set up, and he's kind of like um his skin his skin color is like him too. Is like okay. that like uh like he's Moroccan. Yeah, uh, not Moroccan. He's Egyptian, so it's okay. like that brown, I guess. Um, and Christopher Velasquez, you guys are all on the twenty dollars tier, and then my guy Chuck Page, 
Diamond Dallas, Chuck Page, and Nick Chavez. You guys are in the Supermax. Thank you all so much. Uh, and like I said, this is going to be at the end of the show. But for this one, just needed a break from the podcast. Thank you guys all for the support. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. All right, Alan, let's get into it. I've talked a lot. I've yapped a lot. Division around of the playoffs. Um, the quote-unquote best weekend in pro football because you get all the best teams. Yeah, can't deny that. You never heard that one before? No, I've heard it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just, I, I thought you were going to say all sports. I was like, hmm. Oh, no, no, no. What would you say the best weekend in all the sports is? Oh, man, I'm a sucker for March Madness. I knew you would say that. Yeah. You're like a minus 5,000 favorite for that to be your pick. Yeah, that or if it's like a major soccer tournament, it's the Euros or World Cup. Dude, Euros well. this summer, man. Woo! That's going to be popping. Oh, hell yeah. I cannot wait yeah. for that. VMFC is coming back. Shout out to Alex, man. Check that stuff out. Yeah. The, wow, he just the new the era too. Uh, he's, he did uh, what he did like a pod on uh, Mikel yeah, Arteta. Uh, YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum. Check it out. Alex is doing some VMFC stuff over there, and I'll be hopping on with him. And Alan will be hopping on in the near future. And of course, during the football, uh, the football yeah. season, we'll there be running go. some stuff over there as a podcast feed as well. So yeah, definitely check that stuff out. All right, division around the playoffs. Let's get right into it. Kirk Cousins playing. At 4.35 on a Saturday. Thoughts? 1.35 West Coast time. Right. But it's not East Coast. Oh, well, look. This guy's going to have to acclimate. <laughs> so, Kirk Cousins. Against, his, by the way, against a team that was very interested in him. Shannon. That's right. Shannon. Wow, had, I yeah. completely forgot about that. Shannon always liked Kirk Cousins. Dude. Okay, so here, here's the, the stat. And I don't know if I said it on the show or not last week, but... Kirk Cousins in his career, when he plays at 1 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, uh, uh, a well-known article came out a couple of years ago how, you know, about his routine. And he's very, he's super by the book, right? Like, he does this, this, and that on game day. And he does it all leading up to 1 o'clock kickoffs. 67% in his career against the spread, he covers. In any other time zone, Four o'clock, four twenty-five, uh, eight fifteen. God forbid Monday, Monday night. night football. <laughs> never won a Monday night football game. He covers thirty-two percent of the time. It's unreal. It's it's so crazy, right? Yeah, he really managed that game well last week. I was just saying, just game manager Kirk, just don't put the ball in harm's way for four quarters, and then overtime he won the game. Yo, Those two throws, you gotta give it to him. The grapefruits on Kirk Cousins on that throw to Thielen because. Marshawn Lattimore got hurt on the prior play. That's right. Patrick Robinson comes in, very first play, that bomb to Adam Thielen. Although you have to say Lattimore was getting beat quite a bit. I thought Thielen got the best. Thielen just, man, that you, for, you, forgot, is, you forgot how good Thielen was because he's been pretty much out since October, and he kind of took over that matchup. So Sam Fran is getting a couple of healthy bodies back. Quan Alexander is a big one. I don't know how effective it would be because off a of torn peck, we saw J.J. Watt not so effective against Buffalo. I know he had a sack, but he was largely held in check, but... At least a guy like Quan, you know, with his speed, because Minnesota loves running screens, mm -hmm. so they're gonna need it. Him and Fred Warner, oh man, that's gonna be fun. Yeah, that is. And you know, is there is there any part of you that's a little hesitant about San Francisco as a young, inexperienced team coming off a bye? Do you think that there's any letdown potential from them? Slightly, just because I think Minnesota's defense, the way they play against Minnesota, really surprised me. Like they really got after. Hunter and Griffin dominated. 
Hunter Graham forced Ch- a sack on yeah. Breeze. That- yeah, two sacks and yeah, forced fumble. Like I not expect I not expect uh, New Orleans offense line struggle that much, and San Fran with Staley McGlinchey not nearly as good on the outside. So between that and I thought Minnesota even their secondary, which has been largely criticized here, they stepped up. So I think that's a bit of a concern for San Fran, just given that you never know what to expect from Garoppolo. I think just seeing Zimmer's defense, because I don't think many coaches get game plan better than Mike Zimmer. So I look, I love the matchup between Shanahan and Zimmer. I think it's a really good chess match. So I think the way Minnesota's defense play against the one is a big factor in this one, just because uh, you know, secondary looks better and just those pass rushers. Like we know Griffin and Hunter were really good, but that New Orleans game showed you, wow, they could really change the landscape of a game because both of them, they, I think they had multiple sacks on Breeze. Bro, those dudes are game wreckers. And what about Xavier Rhodes? Coming back from the dead. <laughs> Dude, that guy played he played great. Yeah. Like you consider what Michael Thomas did all year for him not to be as productive. I think that was huge, man. Um, unless Thomas was in the slot, he re- he really didn't do too much. They largely kept him in check. Uh, New Orleans offense just that one unless it was Taysom Hill who <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> that dude's crazy. I think this game has I-, I could see Minnesota getting blown out here. Wow, I see it's being more of a slugfest. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's just both teams are going to struggle to score because I think both quarterbacks will have their lapses. You know, uh, coming off, uh, I read into this a little bit more than the average person just because of my my sports betting background. But played an overtime game on a Sunday, now playing the early window Saturday. I do think they got a little effed over by the schedule makers there. Granted, it was the opening drive of overtime and then you know and then having to travel to the west coast i i do think this does have the makings and there's a few games that i I feel this way about the wild card team potentially getting blown out and this is one of them Mm -hmm. um with that being said though man dalvin cook i think showed people that like he's not just a great fantasy player like that dude is one of the more important running backs to his team's success in all of football. Yeah, he carried the workload. I think that's why he was getting offensive player year consideration, at least the first few months. Then, of course, the injury happened. But he is just, you whether you want to run him on stretch plays or use him on screens, like he could just do it all. He's a three-down, all-purpose back. I like that they mix in Madison as well because Madison's a real talent. Like You saw a couple of plays, and I know that's that Gary Kubiak offense. They just know because Minnesota's offense line is not really good. It's just schematically those runs to the outside just got New Orleans repeatedly. And I just thought, wow, if they could control a time possession, because that's the biggest thing in Minnesota because you don't want the Cousins, especially against this pass rush, mm-hmm. you don't want Cousins to be throwing the ball 30, 35 times. Otherwise, things are going to get problematic, especially given Minnesota's lack of receiving options outside of Thielen and Diggs. And I do like Irv Smith and you know, Rudolph. He's a good contested catch guy, but – I think for Minnesota, at least take a path. They're going to need to go win the time possession battle, but also just once again avoid turnovers because I don't think there's a better defense league when it comes to creating turnovers better than the Niners. They, they just take the ball away. I mentioned this with Minty. I, I'm kind of leaning towards this being an all-favorites weekend, just as the grand. It's leaning that way. does seem that way. Let's yeah. get into this one here because I think this one. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with San Fran. I'm going with San Fran too because I think one of the biggest things I think they're going to destroy Minnesota's O line. I thought I was shocked New Orleans couldn't. Unless New Orleans blitz, they got no pressure on guns. San Fran doesn't need a blitz. They're going to get after Kirk Cousins. So, Man, yeah. If you could get pressure with just four guys, that's huge for your team. Right. It's, and I, I believe in Shannon. I think uh, Debo Samuel could do some serious damage. He's just someone I just, you get him in the open field, good luck tackling him. So, yeah, Debo's the truth, man. I'm going really, San Fran. I really fuck with Debo. All right. 
Um, Baltimore playing the Titans. I gotta, I gotta push back a little on myself. Um, everything I said on Twitter about the Titans going to the AFC title game, I've, uh, re. I've retracted my steps. Because you saw how Ryle Tannehill looked? No, not oh. even that. I just think that, you know, it was more like a super hot take. But I think this one can get very ugly for the Titans. This has, the I think, the biggest blowout probability. Or highest, I should say. This, this has all the makings to me of 23 carries for 47 yards for Derrick Henry. Ooh, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be the issue here. I just think... No, gonna- no, I'm saying they're going to put eight guys in the box. And completely try to just get rid of him and have Tannehill try to beat him. The thing is, Baltimore does have like guys like uh, Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce. They could stop the run. It's not like New England where they have a lack of talent up front. Baltimore can't stop the run. I just think Henry's just so good. Like I don't think he's going to shut down that bad. I think the issue is just Tannehill because Tannehill, he couldn't throw downfield last week. Like It was just crazy. And, yo, that secondary is really, really good in, Ooh, yeah. in Baltimore, man. And they can man up those guys like one-on-one. They paid Peterson a couple uh, Peters a couple weeks ago, so... They're expecting big things from him. The one concern I might have, again, looking at it from a betting perspective a little bit, Baltimore hasn't played in like three weeks. That's always a concern. Just, you know, maybe the first half, and I kind of gave out a play about like bet the Titans in the first half. Like maybe it's like a 10-7 Baltimore game because, you know, you could see it where like, not that the moment will be too big for Lamar Jackson because he did make the playoffs last year, but... And, you know, he got some pressure on him, too, in a way, because that was he didn't complete a pass for like two and a half hours. No, last not week. at all. <laughs> that was very bad. But, you know, I could just see it being a game where maybe him and uh, Hollywood Brown can't connect or like him and Andrews are not on the same page early. And then, you know, maybe Justin Tucker kicks a couple of field goals or something. And and then the second half, they're a great team when it comes to adjustments after the second half. And then. Just blow the doors off on them, too. And then I, I really do think that this just has the makings of shutting down Derrick Henry. I think you could run the ball in Tennessee, too, which is another thing you have to keep in mind, especially when assessing this game. Because yeah, Sonny Michelle had some success on them as well. And eventually, just, I don't know, they're playing from behind. And I don't know, McDonald's got two pass happy. But it's the Ravens have so many options just because they're so unpredictable. And uh, I think they could easily get Tennessee you know, disorganized on the back end. I just, right now, if. If you want to like make a case for Tennessee, it's ten who has to play better. I was really mm-hmm. alarmed at how bad he looked. I thought he could at least do a little bit more, but between AJ Brown being a complete non-factor, Corey Davis not doing a whole lot, it's, I don't know if they can't pet, if they have no threat through the air. It just yeah, those eight-man boxes I think could just overwhelm them. But I just think Lamar is just too good right now. Also, the this is the first time that they see Lamar, and I think teams get like a shock to their system. To quote uh, my guy Adam Cole. PWI wrestler oh. of the year, baby. <laughs> PWI. You know what I'm saying? So shock to their system, man. Like you see Lamar Jackson for the first time and every report that you you hear or, or like read about, it's always teams are kind of like flustered by him. Yeah. Can I mention though, I do think Mike Vrabel is the man. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but I thought Mike Vrabel just hopping around Foxborough was one of the best things ever. Uh, what about pulling a Belichick on Belichick when he oh, did that yeah. shit? He did that shit to the Jets. Yeah, like and I have to apologize. I was like, oh, this guy's coaching scared. No, he took like 90 seconds off the clock. That's one of those things, like issues, like you're watching a game at a bar and you can't hear the commentary. You don't really know what's going. It's like, oh, this guy's coaching scared. What the hell is he doing? Come on, Rabel, you're better than that. It's like, no, this is kind of a genius move. So, you know, credit to Mike Rabel. But it's, I think right now that Ravens offense, they, they could put up 
30 in a heartbeat, and I think it's going to be the case. And, yo, Baltimore, I wouldn't say it's an underrated place, but, like, I think the last couple of years it's starting to gain buzz. Like, yo, that's a really difficult place oh, to Oh, it's play. up there. It's up there with... And at night when they do that shit with the lights, when they score a touchdown, yo, that shit is hard, yeah, yo. Yeah, Tannehill, I don't know. <laughs> I worry yeah, about Tannehill on this could, one. It could get ugly there. Yeah. And I know that ugly. O-line could... could They're good as a run-blocking unit, but I've seen their QBs, they allow quite a bit of pressure, and you know they blitz quite relentlessly in Baltimore. So, yeah, I don't see how Baltimore loses this. No one blitzes more than uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Trust that secondary. You, know, you got Peters, Humphrey, and Jimmy Smith, and... Earl back there. I'll, I'll be shocked if Taylor doesn't throw at least two picks. I just have that feeling he's going to completely fall apart here. As great of a comeback story this is, you know, there's limitations. I think Tano, you're going to see it. Yeah, Terrence sent us some notes from PFF. Ravens have PFF's second-ranked coverage unit and blitz more than any team in football. Matthew Judah made out of uh, Taco Bell. She's a Gordia Crunch. You going with Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, I think Baltimore in a route. Yeah. yeah. All right, this one. And this is what I, I, I kind of want to tie two things in one. Chiefs, Texans, and Seahawks, Packers. Watson and Russell Wilson are the only reasons why I'm giving their teams any bit of hope. Uh, I agree with Houston, not Seattle. You think Seattle is a, a, has a better team? Like Yeah, and I just think I don't trust Green Bay as much as I trust Kansas City. Okay, let's from go, a matchup perspective. Let's go back to Kansas City and Houston, right? Um, it's a rematch from earlier this year. This game has the biggest offense-defense mismatch in the playoffs. KC, PFF's 13th-ranked offense, which, you know, I love PFF. Shout-out to Tarrant. I think sometimes that stuff's kind of misleading because Mahomes didn't play four games. Yeah, you know? I don't know so what happened. I, I, I still think, like, sometimes... Sometimes I don't need the numbers. Like Kansas City has a top five offense. Oh football. yeah, you know Same what I'm saying. Close, like yeah. I don't care where they rank. Like there's not. It just comes from a statistical standpoint. Right, right. But you look at the the, the talent that they have, and yo, I, I I do have a feeling there's gonna be a Miko Hardman breakout postseason run. I think he's gonna eventually be the reason why they let go of Sammy Watkins because I've been saying how Sammy Watkins and Brandon Cooks have the two worst contracts in football at wide receiver. And I think this is going to be where they're going to start utilizing him because he's such a mismatch, bro. Like, there was that one play. It might have been against Baltimore where he catches, like, a pass 15 yards down the like down the field and all the guys have angles on him and, like, he just scores, like, an 80-yard touchdown. He just has that speed. I think it was that game. And he's just, he's just so fast and that offense is so fast and Pat Mahomes is healthy. Andy Reid coming off a bye. He's 19 and 3. Uh, sorry, 17 and 3 off a bye in the regular season. 5 and 0 off a bye in the playoffs. You know, this is a guy who always has his teams ready. Um, and these guys, I think Kansas City, man, they're like the sleeping giant. Like everyone, everyone this year, and I said it months ago, they were my pick to win the Super Bowl. I'm wearing my Pat Mahomes shirt. Do you know why I have this shirt? Do you know the story behind this shirt? I'm going to assume it's something FanDuel or something betting related. No. Uh, Joe for Secret Santa last year when he threw 50 touchdowns got me this shirt as a troll. Because at the time, it was prior to the semifinals of our fantasy league. Oh, that's right. Okay. And I infamously dropped Patrick Mahomes for the one, the only, Corey Coleman. When he signed with the Patriots, because I, I saw flashes of Randy Moss. That that's an all time bag take. But you know what? As you can see right behind me, it doesn't even matter because even when I dropped the MVP of the NFL, your boy is a back to back two time fantasy football champion. 
I'm on the Mount Rushmore of Fantasy Football Champions Island. My own Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I don't know who you know, authorized that, but you know okay. what I'm saying. It's it, it, it's it's a it's Did a Matt four Perry person. Confirmed that or Evan it's, Silva. It's a four person Mount Rushmore, but it's just my face on it across the board. Anyway, back to Pat Mahomes. He's healthy. They're healthy. The only bit of hope that I am giving to the Texans is because, like you saw in that game against Buffalo, if the game is close, this dude could put what's the saying? Pull a rabbit out of his yeah. ass. And make a play. Well, they say hat, but I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> rabbit out of his ass. So <laughs> let's just let's just go with that one. It's it's way better. I like that one better. Um, and he can make a play that can win them the game. Houston's defense is just slow. God, they just they're so sluggish on the back. And I just see Kansas City because when you watch Kansas City's offense, just speed, speed on speed. Even Kelsey, like Kelsey, might be the fastest tight end in the league, and he's like thirty. But does not matter? That dude can move. The Demi Williams could have a big game as well. You saw Watt wasn't really that effective. You could tell he's not. He kind of picked them up more so from like a spiritual and emotional standpoint. Yeah, and he's like, still a presence. So yeah, that yeah. But just not, there's, I don't like Houston's corners. Like Roby, I can see getting lit up in this one. You didn't really see too much shots at Joe. I just thought Buffalo wasted a lot of opportunities. They should have pretty much beat Houston. Houston is just. And then you look at I still, Bill O'Brien. I guess he made second half adjustments, but he's someone I'm not trusting. So I, I actually think this could be even worse than. Baltimore, Tennessee, just, really, just because I, I Houston defense is gonna. I, I don't know how they're gonna stop. And the Kansas City's defense is quietly getting better. It's a, a revenge game for Honey Badger because I know right. a lot of people thought he was on a decline. Uh, had a really rough year in Houston. I think he's had kind of a rebirth year. Losing Thornhill is a bit of a loss. He, I think those two have built up a pretty good rapport. But you know, I love that front four with uh, Chris Jones, one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. Frank Clark's picking up Charles Suggs. You know, playoff Charles Suggs. Ready to pull a James Harrison going at and that Houston O line. They get beat up. Like, oh, I just man. so I just a lot of things are connected. To that I think the only way Houston, like you said, stays competitive is if you know Watson plays pretty much a flawless game because I just don't know how they're gonna stops. And he pulls a rabbit out of his Yeah, ass. I guess. And new, new catches, like uh, 12 catches for like, I don't know, 131 yards or something. But is Will Fuller playing? I don't know. Man, that guy, yo, is one of the most important players in all of football for his team. He should have had two touchdowns against the Chiefs this year. I remember he dropped yep. it. Yeah. Yep, I remember too. Uh, Will Fuller's stat is still a mystery, limited in practice. Yeah, the yeah. story of his life. And unfortunately yeah. for them, that's going to be a big loss if he doesn't yeah. play. But I just think we can't see being Arrowhead and just – their offense, I think, is just ready to go. Right. Like I, just, I don't know. Like Houston, just, it's amazing. Like they've invested so much in certain players, but now I think they're gonna, they're gonna find a consequence of just losing all this draft capital because they have so many holes defensively. I think of Josh Allen. First of all, Josh Allen should have been picked off like three times that game. I just think a better quarterback just ends them. And I just think Houston's very fortunate to be here. So, yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs. Chiefs definitively. Man, Ravens Chiefs would be super popping. Terrell Suggs going back. It's the game everyone wants. That is the game everyone wants. I think we've won that for a long time. Now that the New England's out of the way, like what's stopping besides Derrick Henry breaking records? This next one. I think it's the hardest game to call. It is. And also, if you look at it from a, a betting perspective, it's the shortest line. It's only a four-point favorite to Seattle. Um, Russell Wilson in his career in Lambeau. Do you know what it is? I want to say he's never won there. Yeah, he's 0-3 in his career. Okay. He has three touchdowns, six interceptions, quarterback rating of 60.4. Seattle has absolutely dominated one-score games. Something to monitor for next year. You know how I'm They're like that. the good version of the Chargers. 10-2 in one-score games. 
that cannot be duplicated, especially when Russell Wilson in his career prior to this season was a 500 quarterback. I still think some of those one possession games were inflated, like they were pretty much in control. It's just right, like yeah, the Atlanta game. That was, and I know it's a couple other ones that uh, maybe I can't. Nothing coming off the top of my head, but I just know there's some of those games you watch Seattle, like, like they really should have blew out San Fran in that first one if. Uh, Jermaine Effetti doesn't try to beat Derrick Henry. Remember when he took the ball and then yeah, the force yeah, Buckner's yeah, yeah. just like, are you stupid? Let me just run it back. Like this certain game, I think Seattle should have won more definitively. But at the same time, Pete Carroll does put him in a position where they just have to win games in the most crazy manner possible. That's Seattle. Every game is a roller coaster with them. They just don't know how to blow out teams. I, 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 yo, I think Green Bay is one of the worst teams to ever have a bye week. Yeah, they're one of the worst 13, or, or three teams least, ever. Or at <laughs> least, like, so underwhelming. I, I didn't think of Green Bay as a team that was going to have a bye this year. Like, at all, watching them. No, I thought New Orleans, like, I really thought New Orleans was better than Green Bay. But just, I don't know, that's how the record is aligned. But when I look at Green Bay, I look at Aaron Jones having a stud year, Devontae Adams still being able to take over games. And, you know, I think when it comes to free agent coops, Green Bay, kind of like the 2016 Giants, they pretty much hit on all their big free agents. They did, yeah. Preston Smith, Darius Smith should be getting Defense Player of the Year consideration. Like I was watching, how I was like, wow, he really had a strong year. Now obviously he's not Defense Player of the Year, but like he didn't even make the Pro Bowl. I'm like, man, people like, every game he's causing havoc. And then Amos was a good pickup. The Jair Alexander's developing to a real star. Like he might be a top five corner. So this town, like, it's crazy. The Green Bay's defense and their running game pretty much carried them. Like, like Rogers has looked very, very underwhelming this year. Man, he has no one to throw to, but besides Adams. Yeah. By the way, Jimmy Graham potential revenge game, or we're we just totally giving up on Jimmy Graham. <laughs> nah, I think I think I've given up on Jimmy Graham since. Unfortunately, he got hurt that one time. He tore like his patella, and then just hasn't been the same. He was more like a red zone threat, but even so, True. it's not the threat is not there anymore. Yeah. I again similar to the Texans, man. I'm only giving this team a shot because of Russell Wilson. Like I think he just he pulls a rabbit out of his ass like all the time. I think Seattle's more. At least defensive talent than than Houston. That's fair. Clowney had a really good game. I know everyone's gonna talk about the the hit, but he actually had a real big impact on that game against Philly. So between him and then uh, Bobby Wagner still stuck. I think that Quandre Diggs trade has been one of the better moves we've seen, and Shaquille Griffin's a solid corner. Like they have some pieces there in Seattle, so that's why I think between that and just Green Bay's offense, they haven't been sync for most of the year. Like it's just I don't know if it's like the lack of rhythm or you know Fleur just Rogers him not on the same page but like unless Devontae Adams is taking over or they're scheming up plays for Adam jo- Aaron Jones or uh, Jamal Williams who could be an X factor as well just that offense they're not or maybe like a shot play down Lazard who could is another guy like Alan Lazard could be a big time playmaker but it's just Green Bay it's like you can't, they're not putting together these 10 12 play drives anymore and they're if it's like if they score more than 24 points it's kind of an accomplishment for him when they should be one of the most potent offenses in the league Whose offense would you take? Oh, Seattle. Yeah. I do Lockett and Metcalf, they just cause problems. Especially now that Lockett's playing more in the slot. So and then you know Metcalf's doing his thing. Even David Moore's making some plays and <laughs> by the way, how great that one catch beast mode had. I think it was Avante Max. You saw a stiff army had Beast Mode's still putting people in the dirt. Like he is yeah, still a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, that's just That's just his style. That's his style now yeah. too. Like you can't I feel like that guy should just come in on short yardage, which makes it a little bit predictable. But, you know, he's not going to have 25 carries. Well, Carroll did say he's going to use him more this week. Well, yeah, now it's his third game back, yeah. right? So, yeah, he probably has a little more momentum going into this one. I, 
you know, we, we talked about the game everyone wants. Man, I kind of want Seattle-San Fran part three. Who doesn't? You know, how could you not? Those two games came down to overtime and then at the one-yard line. Yo, think about that, man. Game of inches, for real, for real. Like that, that overtime game could have been a tie. Like I really thought it was going to be a tie, but what, Russell had that big scramble at the end. And then also th- think about how things change if Hollister scores there. Mm-hmm. San Fran has to go into to Philly. Yeah. Then Seattle is the three seed playing Minnesota, and then New Orleans so is the one. Nice. So it's so many pieces. So to. many pieces, man. It's it's unbelievable. And then you look at the AFC side. Like what could have been if. If you know Tennessee played Kansas City in round one, and then New England had a bye, like, long live Ryan Fitzpatrick, right, Mike? Yeah, plus no, no plus nine hundred on the money line, one of the biggest upsets in in pro football history. So, I'm excited for this one. I'm gonna go though. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks, man. I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. I, I just trust Russell Wilson. I felt like he didn't play that well last week, and yeah. he was still the best player on the field. Something about Philly, man. I don't know. Like they should have taken care of them pretty convincingly, but I just I don't know if it's just that environment. But yeah, their offense tough place to play, man. Yeah. As someone that has seen many of his seasons go down the drain, because either a team goes into Philly and Philly needs to lose for the Giants to have a chance, yeah. or you know, God, I can't tell you how many times the Giants go in there and then just completely lay an egg mm-hmm. on like Sunday Night Football and. It's just an embarrassment. So, yeah, that is a very yeah, tough place to play. Yeah. And I'm concerned about the Seattle's offense line. They got beat up quite a bit by Philly's D-line. Man, I remember Fletcher Cox was just throwing dudes to the ground. And, you know, Green Bay does have a pretty uh, ferocious front four. But, yeah, I'm going to go Seattle. I just don't trust Green Bay at this point. I think Rodgers has – I just have, watching Rodgers is just missing too many throws. And, you know, unless Devontae Adams has that kind of like memory on that Thursday night game against – Philly back in what was it, early October where he just destroyed everyone in like the first half and then he yeah, got hurt right yeah like he needs to have one of those games otherwise I just I don't know I just don't trust Green Bay's offense to do much yeah I'm gonna go Seattle in one of those kind of ugly like 2017 games like, I think both NFC games had the makings to be ugly slugfest I think San Fran Minnesota more defensively while Green Bay and Seattle's gonna be more like shot plays like we're gonna say Alan Lazard 50 yard touchdown four punts and then Ty Lockett might do something crazy. It's going to be more not sustainable drives. It's going to be more just explosive plays. And whoever makes more mistakes probably is going to lose because it's just that kind of game. But Or it could be one of those games, I know this is cliche, whoever gets the ball last with the QBs. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's Russ. Yeah. Shit. I, nah, I think Kansas City is going to blow them out. I was going to say that <laughs> game too. Uh, of the two days, l- l- let's end with this one. You are forced to go somewhere with a plus one. And you can only watch football on either Saturday or Sunday. Which day are you preferring? I'm preferring Saturday. Yeah? Yeah. And this is not me just because I the Vikings. I'm really excited about them. But I want to watch Lamar. And I love, dude, Derrick Henry. Oh, man. He, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I'm just so. I'm not, man. Like, I've been defending Houston a lot this year. But I'm just down on the Texans now. It is that Buffalo game was ugly. They really had no business winning that looking back on it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably pick Saturday, too. Yeah. Man, Lamar is really fun to watch. Minnesota San Fran to me is the most compelling game. Like I, I think, yeah, Minnesota get blown out, but it's just you never know with the Vikings, man. And in San Fran's this new team, so much talent there. I think it's a really cool matchup. Yo, if the Vikings Oh, yo, you know what I just realized? There's a lot of potential D- rivalries. Div- division like uh Third times a charm yeah. kind of matchups, like grudge matches. Right. Even though Green Bay has beat Minnesota twice this year. No, I know, but it'd be yeah. like, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota for a third time. Right. Not going to happen 
I'd be shocked, but Houston, Tennessee's in play. <laughs> San Francisco. Nobody wants to see that. Oh my god, dude, that would be horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Oh man. You know what's crazy? Crazy that Minnesota. Uh, last night was the first time they've won on the road in the playoffs since Randy Moss mooned Lambeau Field. Wow. Joe Buck. That's a despicable act by Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe Buck, that clown. All right. I think we can uh, we can wrap it up. Um, it's going to be a hell of a weekend. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm looking excited. forward to it. And then, yo, also Monday night, we have three big days of football. Oh, you want to talk about quarterback matches. Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. A- a- any thoughts on that game? Just real quick. I'm leaning LSU. LSU? Man, so there's a gut feeling. I just think that the Clemson been there, done that. Extra Going against Dabo is a risk. Yeah, extra time to prepare. Trevor Lawrence, like, man, this dude was the consensus golden boy. And he still is. You know, he can't go to the draft this year. But, man, it's going to be fun. It's going to definitely be fun. I would like to see LSU win. Well, that's kind of like your team in a way. Yeah, I do have a spot, a soft spot for them. Shout out to Legends Bar. But I, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one, man. I'm surprised that they did it two weeks apart. I don't know if they wanted to build more suspense or they want to just give the kids a break or. I don't know. It's usually like that game should have happened after Wild Card Weekend. Yeah. Anyway, looking forward to that as well. Uh, Alan, where can they find you? Alan underscore Stark. That's A double L E N underscore S T R K. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything. Facebook, YouTube, Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. Uh, shout out to Minty Betts. Thank you so much for joining the show. And yeah, one last time. Roll call. Daniel Gibson, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Volklore, Ryan Pisner, Christopher Velasquez, Nick Chavez, and Chuck Page. Thank you all for your contributions to the Patreon. We'll catch you guys next week. Thank you.